Was it a good point on the road at Leeds or a missed chance? Only time will tell. We'll be discussing that Friday night in Yorkshire, the transfer rumour mill latest and much more on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello, Baggies fans. Welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast sponsored by the Ketland Toaster Man. My name is Johnny Drury, and as ever, I am opposite a computer screen from Mr. Lewis Cox. Coxie, how's things pass? Saturday off? Late Friday Johnny. night, but Saturday off? Hello, How are you feeling? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, busy weekend without, without a game, uh, sorting a lot of stuff. But uh, yeah, good to be back, good to be back on... I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure we'll get onto it, but I'm off, to, off down the Hawthorns tomorrow, uh, tonight, mate, Monday night, as as we speak, to watch the uh, to watch the youths, the 21s, start their home campaign. So that'll be good. Um, yeah, I'm good, and I'm currently working uh, getting to grips on a temporary laptop, which is music to my ears, mate. Because as uh, some Baggies fans on on social media will know, I, I was having some keyboard issues, shall we say? So happy days. Yeah, without C. Um, Without yes, yeah, season. Our loss, Alboran, the new West Brom yeah. manager. Yeah. Um, oh, we, we, essentially, well without our whole bottom row and more, which in the uh, in the game of words makes life a little bit difficult. So. so it does indeed. So you did well, and you've got a temporary laptop. The baggage broadcast does go on. We'll be discussing, as we said, that Friday night in Leeds, um, and a host of other other topics. We'll hear a little bit from Carlos Corbran as well in a second from his post match at Ellen Road. Um, but we're going to start. We're going to start with Alternative Albion. Now, this is a bit of Alternative Albion channeled through the Albion fans because my my Twitter feed was on fire on Friday night with disgruntled Albion fans who are watching the game from the comforts of their sofa and were disgruntled with Sky Sports for an apparent just an apparent bias towards towards Leeds. I, I caught a little bit of the commentary when I got back very, very early on Saturday morning. Um and yeah, you would have thought only one team was really playing on Friday. Um, certain um, Sky commentators, not going to name anyone, but it's easy to work out who was on the game on Friday. Um, but it sounds like it was a bit of a bit of a Leeds fest, really. Um, there was obviously some some contentious issues in the game, but it was it was all Leeds. We see this, don't we, Coxie, in like Premier League games? Yeah, I know you're not going to speak ill of Liverpool, but Jamie Carragher commentating on Liverpool games can be excruciating at times. Again, you you'd think there was only one team in red shirts on the field when Liverpool were playing. Equally, when Gary Neville's commentating on Man United, he sort of leans a bit towards Man United. But it just seemed it was a bit of a Leeds loving on Friday, and the Albion fans weren't too impressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. In in my experience, just on a separate note of that. Um... And and I know the wider opinion is, you know, there'll be like a Neville love him when it's United and Carragher love him when it's Liverpool and they'll, you know, unprofessionally quote, you know, unquote, celebrate the goals or whatever. But actually, in, in my experience, commentators can tend to try and go the other way and like try and bury, you know, the love for their club so much that like it's almost like, you know, United are playing Neville or, you know, the, the, the other way for Carragher or whatever. But, yeah, from what I heard, obviously, I haven't watched I haven't watched the full game back with the commentary. But as soon as it started, we saw that the Leeds love him. It's a bit predictable, I thought. I mean, it shouldn't be. Yeah, it's wrong. And it's hard. It's hard. We're not, not going to, you know, slate and slander too much, are we, Johnny? I say we haven't heard the whole thing. Just going by what Albion fans' reaction. But it doesn't surprise me. Um, look, they're big big fish for the division, aren't they? Granted. Um, but so are Albion. 
equally so. And um, I think it, it, it's just a, a recent recency bias sort of thing, isn't it? Them having a few years in the in the prem, bit of the limelight there, and coming back down. And you know, are they going to be able to get back up? And there's a there's a lot going. There's a bit of chaos going on there as well, isn't there? Let's be honest. Um, upheaval, a lot of uproar with players that have gone, players that want to go, all of that. Yeah, but I'm glad you picked it up as an alternative, Albion, Johnny. Good shout. Good shout. I think that'll appease our listenership. No yeah. doubt. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Maybe maybe with that theory of yours, Coxie, maybe that Sky's commentators are like massive fans of Albion, but they just weren't trying to show it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, that, maybe yeah, that's what yeah, it was. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's what it was. Right, we're going to come on and talk about it later. But first of all, you're going to hear from Carlos Corbran. Here he is talking about... Uh, Matt Phillips, versatile Matt Phillips, jack of all trades, played left wing back on Friday and did very well. Here's, uh, here's what he had to say after the game. I think to have in the squad one player like Phillips, for me, means a lot. Because it's not only his level of commitment, it's his quality, the quality he has. I think the last year we suffered a lot when we lost him. Because he's someone that is an example who played with a lot of maturity and played with one level of versatility that helped a lot the squad. I didn't want it today to play with an of 5 without any attacking player because I wanted to control and route and attack because I think this is one of the points that could give us the option to, to balance the game day. It's a squad, Lynch is a squad that is in transition. Still, they don't have the player that they will have. This squad is going to be stronger. And, and I want it, but it doesn't mean that the first 11 was not strong. So I was thinking that the more we attack, the more we could dominate the game. It was a pity that in the first half, for me, we didn't finish to understand better where the advantages were in the space, in which spaces we could have find more possibilities to attack more. We did in the second half in the first minutes, but after the goal, we stopped to attack and we were defending more, something that you understand because you can hear and run road and because you are winning and you try to defend your result defending more. And that's why I told you that we need to analyze if we would have to, to change something before like I did after the day draw the game, to balance better the game. Like I told you, for me, it's a player that is key to, to have him in the, in the club, in the squad, because his level of commitment is the maximum that he can have, and his level of qualities to defend and to attack are very good qualities too. Toxie, there wasn't massive amount of positives to take at Ellen Road, even though it probably on the face of it was a good point, given how the game went. But Phillips, again, he's probably, for me, one of the people that has... One of the players that have really excelled under Corbran, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that when he got injured early this year, the form dipped. Um, he just seems to be willing to fill in anywhere and do a decent job for Corbran and for Albion at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's flying, isn't he? Um, flying when the manager took over, and, and unfortunately that was only for a few months because of the injury, and and he's. He's, you know, he's had an excellent first month of this season, first few weeks. I think, for my money, Albion's best player so far across, what, three league games? Did he play at Stoke? Don't think he did, did he? No. Um, so, yeah, best player of the, the, the three championship games so far. And and most interestingly, I suppose, playing played in, in three positions, which um, which takes some doing, doesn't it, to be to be fair to him? You know, he's, what's he done? He's, he's played out wide. He's led the line, hasn't he? Which was... A bit of a surprise, and we've seen him at wing back. Um, so I mean, that versatility is how many times on the pod have we said versatility is key? And and actually, Carlos Corbin emphasised that in his presser last week. Actually, prior to Leeds, um, he really does study that before he brings players in. You know, if players can do more than one job, more than one role, 
then that's a massive tick in the box for Corbrand. But uh, yeah, Phillips, you know, credit to him. And I've actually been, he, he was asked a lot, Corbrand was asked a lot about Matt Phillips after after the Leeds game at Ellen Road. You know, performed well again, didn't he, at left wing back. And um, yeah, he, he was waxing lyrical about him, as, as you'd expect. And we'll have some we'll have some of those comments online um, first thing Tuesday morning. So hopefully listeners will have the chance to read those. And, and you know, it just sums up where 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 he is in Corbyn's eyes, he he couldn't really be rated any higher, you know, any more any more higher. Just just in terms of not just the ability, but the the from what we hear, the attitude and professionalism is is second to none. Um, and this is 32 Phillips, I think he is, and obviously played at the top, played at the top flight for a number of years. Had you know had a I don't know you you'll have a, you know you'll be able to bring some insight onto this, Johnny, but had a. a you know, a long career at Albion uh, with its ups and downs, with good spells, with not so good spells, with too much time out injured, um, and and he's often streaky, isn't he? he can he can get on a a good run of performances, then he'll break down. So like physically, the the body can can take that or not. But um, you know, touch wood. At the moment, he's on he's on a great run, isn't he? And and you bang on about last season actually. Um, that injury in the FA Cup replay was uh, a bit of a disaster, wasn't it? Really, let's be honest. Um, you know, we have him a winning. He didn't need to come on, and he did. And and that was, I agree with you. That was a huge setback for last season, and played a massive part in in them tailing off. And and now here we are. He's come back from what four, five, probably six months injured. Must have worked ever so hard across the summer, and and pre-season came back in, looked pretty sharp. It's just good to see him back, wasn't it? But he's yeah, he's taken to this season like a, a duck to water, hasn't he? And you know what a goal he scored on the on the opening day, and yeah, just. So useful that he can do so many jobs, and great to hear that he's such a good sort of presence and character around the place as well. Yeah, no, he has done well. He's, he's been a he's been a player who, in the past, I think Ian Holloway called it, and Tony Pulis as well have said he's a confidence player. It looks like Carlos Corbrand certainly pumping confidence into him. Just a few talking points on on Leeds Coxie. Obviously, we did have video on Friday, but just reflecting on it, you know, we've seen this. You know, we've talked about it an awful lot. We talked about it on the Baggies broadcast fan chat show last week that Carlos Corbran wants Albin to play this certain way and play out from the back. Um, they got caught again a number of times on on Friday. They, they, there was some good playing out from the back, Malvin, but there was some stuff that sort of, you know, got the, I don't want to say pulses racing. It's probably the wrong, the wrong <laughs> phrase, but, you know, it got some heartbeats going because Albin played out from the back a number of times. But... My take on this is that Carlos Correa is genuinely he's a smart manager. We know that, you know, worked under Bielsa. He's, he did very well at Huddersfield. She does that spell in between when he comes to Albion. But he's come to Albion. He's, for the large part, he's done really well. I don't... A lot of people are questioning whether Albion can play this way. Um, and they did that in the previous managers under Valerian and Ishmael. They said that they, he didn't have the players to play that way. Even though a part of me thinks maybe that is the case with this new style of play that Albion are going to adopt and take forward. I think Corbran is a clever enough manager that if he didn't think these players weren't capable of it, he wouldn't play this system or this way. Yeah. Now, I think it's going to take time. I don't know what you think, but I think it's going to no, take time. But I th- I don't think he would put square pegs in round holes. Well, it's, not, ro- it's not rocket science, is it? Uh, you know, Carlos Corbran knows more about football than all of us. Um, and... Yeah, I've seen a lot of shouts, and and I totally get it, by the way. But I've seen a lot of shouts that 
the defenders and the, the players aren't good enough to be able to look after the ball and, and play that way. And I understand it. Alvin have been caught on it, but the head the head coach will know where his players are at in regards to being able to do that. And it, and, and there's a, also a reason why I'll be in for, you know, you mentioned transfers, being in for a, another type of left centre-half who's, you know, and the one that does come in will be comfortable on the ball. He'll, he'll ensure that. And, you know, yeah. Okoye Kushlu was as guilty as anyone on Friday night, wasn't he? Um, and we're always quick to sing his praises, but he's a he knows how to look after the ball, doesn't he? For a championship footballer, he's at the very top end of being able to look after the ball. But on Friday night, he wasn't able to. And that's, you know, that, to a point, that's down to him maybe having an off night. To a point, Leeds obviously knew pre-game all, all worked out pretty quickly who to harry who to harass and, and where they might get some joy in it it worked didn't it? it it worked but yeah it did it didn't work for leeds overly in albin's detriment you know, you know we're not we aren't talking about a, a drubbing here are we we're not and how many times from your memory can we remember leeds working clear chances from it um, yeah there were a couple palmer made a low save didn't he from james i think um with we were sort of left arm early on first half, but it wasn't going through on goal time after time after time. Now, don't get me wrong. I know what happened at Cardiff. Sorry. I know what happened at Blackburn. Um, obviously what happened at Stoke happened. Um, and then Swansea was a slightly different story, wasn't it? Regards set pieces, but Corbin has said to us on a couple of occasions now, he sort of touched on a horses for courses approach. You know, it's not just blindly this pass it, pass it, pass it. It's, Look, we have meetings and we speak with the players about telling them when to when to be smart, when to look further, when to look to the channel, when to clip it. Um, so there's a method in it. You know, clearly, obviously, we're not privy to every single tactical insight or detail, but um, but I get it. You know, John, I think we've said it before. I get the um, I get I get the reaction to the style, and it's we've said a few times, haven't we? It's risk reward, um, and, and people might look at that and see, well, what what's the reward if you you know if you're able to pass it beyond leads type thing but it's when you can work it all of a sudden you bypass their midfield haven't you and all of a sudden you're the team attacking so you know head coaches managers in the modern game see that as a more functional more productive way of going in terms of starting an attack than launching it up to someone who's not going to win a header like the uh dare we say the good old days so um yeah i, I get it I, I think you do need a healthy balance and a healthy mix whether whether you know the, the line about our players good enough to be able to do it let's be honest how many championship center halves fullbacks defensive midfielders are top of their game at, at this stuff you know and if they are they get snapped up by the premier league don't they this is you have to sort of maybe like be accepting of the level it is and i appreciate the shout is then well you know play to these players strengths but these players should and can realistically take the ball and use the ball yeah they're not being asked to do you know they're not being asked to play like barcelona or man city are they they're just asked to be able to to find a shirt or but yeah they might have some pressure on them but it's what they work on every day isn't it you know they don't just run in the week and then ask to pass the ball you know they work on this day in day out tirelessly so yeah um you know, i'm willing to give obviously it's very 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 early and i'm you know quite content with giving it a number of more sort of weeks and games to see how it starts to progress yeah i think that's what we've all uh, we've all got to do just at the other end um i was thinking about this time last season um this morning and 
the games that are being played. Obviously, the results, they didn't get the results they wanted early on last season. However, it was sort of a little bit a little bit different. Albion were creating bucket loads of chances in certain games and just not taking them. Previous season was the same in certain games. Um, however, certainly at Leeds, there was a real lack of clear-cut openings. Now, you know, we went there knowing that Leeds had their struggles and we thought Albion would get chances. Now, for my for my view, there was two good chances in the first half that come from the left. Uh, one was across for Brandon Thomas-Sante, just mistimed a, a jump for a header. And then another cross to the back post for Darnell Furlong, who got his Furlong. sort of feet yeah, confused yeah. And, and put it wide. Obviously, you know, they weren't on the highlights. So those sort of watching highlights wouldn't have... Wouldn't there was actually another one from the right. Um, and it, it, Sorry, it may have been Furlong's cross, but I noticed in that one, and I think I tapped it up into my report, there were, you know, realistically, there were two, I think it was... Um, Thomas Sante in the middle of them, Phillips coming from left wing back that, that both could, you know, quite conceivably have got on. Yeah. yeah. So so there's another one, you know. Yeah. So there, but there ones, you know, probably a couple in there, probably half chances, but there wasn't a mountain of chances, certainly in the second half as well, when Albion were being pegged in. Is that a worry at the moment, Coxie, given the, you know, on paper, the creative players that Albion have got on the field, that in all the games, really, even against Swansea, Albion were pretty clinical. Uh, with the chances yeah, they yeah, had, yeah. and against Blackburn as well, chances weren't. I'm not going to say they were at a premium, but they weren't coming thick and fast. Yeah, it's not a bad point. I, I see the point definitely. Um, I think it's too early to jump to any sort of major conclusions on that. Um, Albion, this is it was a low bar last season, wasn't it? There, there weren't many goals. Let's be honest, it was quite a low-scoring top half side, and um, and 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 that was sort of typified with the, the top scoring numbers, wasn't it? And we look at this season, we look at the, the picture up front, I think, I don't know, I hope to be wrong, but I don't see necessarily Brandon Thomas-Sante getting 20 goals now. I hope he does and he's got the ability to, but hopefully we can see that emerge. It, it, it don't, we, can't, we can't jump to an answer or conclusion on that yet, can we? Because there are players, that's Mainly the new signings, let's be honest. The new signings, each of which who aren't ready to start. And that's frustrating. In an ideal world, new signings would be ready to start. But clearly, Albin aren't in an ideal world at the moment, are they? When it comes, you know, with, with, with the ownership, with finances, we've been able to bring anyone in. Um, and yes, those couple of players arrived a month ago. But because of injuries and limited pre-season, they haven't been able to, to play friendlies and whatnot. So we're still waiting on that. So I don't think we have a clear picture necessarily yet of... Look, if you had everyone fit in a cup final, what side does Corgram pick? Yeah, because I'd imagine Sarmiento being in it, and I'd imagine Madger would be in it. So, and 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 that raises questions then, doesn't it? Does Madger's involvement mean two strikers? Do you want to play Thomas Asante? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, who does who does Sarmiento come in for? You, you know, you'd imagine possibly Swift, or does he play as a ten? Or and again. There's a, what, a couple of weeks of the window left or so. And, and we know Albion are going to be active and busy or certainly trying to make things happen um, as, as best they can, both ins and outs. So um, I'm I'm loath to... But I take your point and it's a fair point on, on the chances created so far and it's it's right. Um, but I, I do agree in that... Like, and it's not not good news, but there's crosses we talk about when players are just a few inches from getting off the end of it. These are still chances and and big ones. We had a message from a former colleague, didn't we, at Ellen Road, when when Furlong's just sort of couldn't get on the end of it, and you're rightly 
you know, watching on the TV. So that's that's a chance, you know. You've got to be more, have more conviction. And yeah, from the forwards' point of view, or from you know, like Furlong's point of view, it's about that anticipa- anticipation, isn't it? And and knowing where to where to be and judging crosses. And that's something I'll be working on. You know, clearly the wide players. And I asked Corbin about it after the game. Actually, clearly the wide players is big for Albin. You know, Wallace one side, Phillips the other, or or um, whether it's Sarmiento or whatever. It's it's, it's a big a big role. Um, likewise, if the wing backs are playing, to be honest. Um, so yeah, there there will be more onus on the forward players to anticipate better and make things happen. But let's not kid anyone. There needs to be more than an eight or nine goal top scorer, doesn't there? Clearly. And uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not worried about the the sort of clarity and a number of chances yet. Again, I think we can we can yeah see how it plays out when when people are fitting in the side. Yeah, no, I think that's a I think that's a, a good point, Coxie. Um, just final on Leeds, Jeremy Samianto came off the bench again. Is it time now, Coxie, to see him from the start? You know, we've been hearing about his fitness concerns. You know, I think we all want to see him sort of unleashed. Yeah, um, yeah, on a, I think so. a longer period. Would you be surprised to see him against Borough? Yeah, I mean, we did our um, we did our predicted 11s, didn't we? Yourself and I um, pre Leeds, and I stuck him in. I thought I I stuck him in because he was ready to physically. Corbran said um, so. We you know he'll be ready physically for for Borough at home. However, I did have reservations. You know, Leeds away with that atmosphere, the way Leeds play, did it feel like the right one for Sarmiento to have that first start in? You know, Lord knows how long. Possibly not. Is a home game a bit more of a safety net, maybe, for a player to come in and make that for you know play that hour? I would say so. So, yeah. Whereas I was unsure about him starting at Leeds and didn't quite think Corbran would probably chuck him in. Um, I maybe go as far as I'd be surprised if he didn't start against Borough. I just think um, you know, tough game, big game, isn't it? Against you know one of the sides that people fancy to be up there, certainly in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Realistically, a, a contender with Albion to, for, for where Albion want to be. So, um, yeah, and a little bit of sort of go on then, Jeremy. Go and go and show the Hawthorns what you can do from the off. You know, go and be busy, create, show the fans what they've been wanting to see from from you from the off. Um, don't think so about Major. I think uh, Carlos Corbin actually said um, said pre leads He said Sarmiento has to be ready to start games before the international break. And and that comes uh, the game after Borough. You know, there's Borough at home, then Huddersfield at home, then the international break. So said Sarmiento has to be ready and and will you know effectively said he he will be ready and um, and Madger's the other way. Madger is the one where you know come that first game back after the break. Is it Millwall, Johnny? Can't quite remember. I know I'm not there for for uh, for reasons, but um, yeah, it's one of these with Madger where you know after the two week break, Madger will be have to be ready to start so could be a little while till we see see Madger from the off you know which is frustrating you know we'll have to hope he can build up from the bench and nick a goal and, and build up his minutes but yeah Sarmiento's close that's the feeling I get yeah that'll be uh, interesting to see if he does start against Borough uh, just before we talk about a little bit of news we're going to talk about Alex Palmer um, fans will see an interview that came out with him this morning and some some transfer links. Just will say congratulations to Albion women. Cruise to a 3-1 opening day victory over Stoke on Sunday afternoon. Goals from Olivia Rab, John Hirfish, goal for Albion, Hannah George and Fran Orthodoxu helped them to a 3-1 win over Stoke. Great start to the season for Albion women. 
Right. Uh, Cotty, Alex Palmer um, spoke to you guys. I, I sort of clocked you making a frantic run towards Alex Palmer from the it press room. It showed a turn of pace, didn't it? He did. Well, I wouldn't quite call it a turn of pace. More of a scuttle towards... Oh, overtook, uh, overtook AJ and Bomber in yeah, the press yeah, lounge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To, uh, to Alex Palmer, who was in the sort of the players' entrances right by the, the press entrance at Ellen Road. Um, and he gives some some good comments to the, the reporters. I'm sure we'll hear a bit more of it over the over the next week. But the story out today, um, just referencing his, his being subject to a bid from Luton a couple of weeks ago, we were all sort of worried he was going to leave the club and then it was confirmed that he was going to remain. Um, Luton put in a bid sort of around, I think some, we heard it was around £3 million mark. Um, yeah. But he, the 27-year-old stayed at Albion. Just a few of his comments here. Every player wants to play in the Premier League, but for me, it just wasn't right. Being so long here and to achieve being number one now is something... That was too soon to leave. I want to achieve promotion and get us back to the Premier League. That's my ultimate dream, to achieve that with Albion. Um, asked if it was a tough decision. Palmer added, it's one of those. I've just got to make sure it's not the last opportunity I get. I want to keep working hard. And the ultimate aim is to play in the Premier League, ideally for West Bromwich Albion. Um, Cox, it's, it's interesting, really. I thought, you know, if the money... Well, not if the money was right, but if Albion accepted the offer and the, and the offer was on the table... You know, nine times out of ten, given Albion's predicament at the moment and a chance to play in the Premier League, players would go. But some sort of mature and interesting words there from Palmer, really. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was quite a surprise to hear that on Friday night. I have to say, I, I, it's not as cut and dry as you know as maybe we see it and people may think. I mean, what a big decision that would have been for Alex Palmer and his family. Let's you know, let's be fair. Just imagine being in that sort of situation um yeah this time last year he wasn't Albin number one was he He was still kicking his heels waiting for the chance obviously David Button was given the nod and that obviously didn't go according to plan and uh I've said before I think Palmer Palmer has been excellent ever since um but he's still new into the role he's 27 isn't he but only what eight nine months seven eight nine months as a, a regular number one in the championship um and he did make a comment as well on Friday night about wanting to rack up games now, you know, almost make up for lost time. I think there's a point to be made that if he went to Luton, now we know that Luton were after two keepers this summer, I believe. And I think they've subsequently signed two, haven't they? Tim Krull joined recently, I think, did he? Um, and they've also signed someone else who escapes him at the moment. But um, I think if you're Palmer, you're sitting there thinking now, you know, Luton won a couple of keepers. What is and is there a guarantee I'm going to be number one there? You know, I might be on the bench and not play a single minute in the Premier League this season. Now, that's not me saying he's not good enough. I'm just on about, you know, Luton's situation, they're a Premier League club. They may be able to go and afford a you know, a quality keeper from elsewhere. So, you know, Palmer may have thought, well, I'll get a Carabao Cup and a, and a couple of FA Cup games this season. Where am I better suited? Am I better suited playing 46 champ games again? Doing my best for Albion, you know, sort of club growing up with thoughts for so long to... To have that chance um but despite all of that you know and, and obviously that's without mentioning the finances side of it obviously the the, the finances side would have been a pull let's be fair you know premier league wage and all that i know it's Luton, but still that that attraction um but it's still a you know it's, it's a wonderful sort of show of commitment and loyalty isn't it and and an unfamiliar one in this game so uh yeah refreshing and, and welcome and he's still um He's 27, which isn't isn't young, is it? And it's I know goalkeepers' ages are sort of viewed as differently, but it's 
it's almost sort of middling for a keeper, isn't it? You wouldn't even say it's young for a goalkeeper necessarily. Um, but Palmer still has that sort of youth, sort of childlike enthusiasm for the Albion. You can sense that with him the, the couple of times I've spoke with him. And um, and maybe that comes from being a late bloomer in terms of late into the, the first team and, and still obviously relishing it so much. You know, being a local lad, being around it for so long, over 10 years before he was able to get through. And... Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to hear, isn't it? That from his perspective, you know, the fans have obviously reacted positively to that this this morning. Is understandable why, because it would have been very, very easy for him to to go, wouldn't it? And I just thought it was a, I say at the top, I was surprised to hear it. Just an interesting line because it wasn't, you know, entirely clear at the time as to whether the move broke down because Albion mauled over the move and then, you know, and then turned turned the Hatters down. But obviously, you know, Luton were. Were granted permission as Arbin accepted the offer and, and Luton were granted permission for talks. Um and for the player to turn it down, I think takes some you know, takes some guts really. I was about to say something else then. Yeah, it takes some guts and as I say it's refreshing and yeah, nice to hear and, and will obviously only grow his his bond stronger with the bag he's faithful. Um he will want that first championship clean sheet of the season, won't he? Yeah, free in. But it wasn't for the lack of trying at Leeds, was it? Let's be honest. Obviously, um, some say realistically, literally could do about uh, Ailing's header was that down into his bottom corner. But uh, that stop, I saw a replay of that that Dan James stop over the weekend. Wow, I mean, he'll do well to make a better one this season, I think, won't he? But I imagine he will. Um, but it swings and roundabouts as a keeper, isn't it? I mean, we look at the one goal at Blackburn on the opening day, and he, the one at his near post, he he frustrated with, wouldn't he? Probably. You know, I think he could do better with that one. And he'll have been as annoyed as anyone against Swansea. They side 3 0 up. And then, and then finishing 3 2, you know, what one of them that was sort of scrambled on his line, he might have felt he could have done better with. So, but look, as I've said before, over the six, seven, eight months we saw of him last season, I'm not sure I saw a better championship keeper. So, yeah, it was a massive boost for Albin, wasn't it? It was a massive boost for Corbran, who made his feelings on it all pretty clear when it when, when Luton came in late. And, you know, Corbran basically said it's awful timing. Um, uh, yeah, an, an interesting Albin are just in an interesting position, aren't they? Where any financial bid, as, as we see with Palmer, for any player has to be taken seriously and has to be considered. And in this case, was accepted, even though we might look at it and thinking it's a it's a nightmare to lose Palmer, especially on the eve of the season. You know, Luton was still granted that that chance to obviously speak with him and, and have him now. You know, context of Josh Griffiths being at the club and he, you know, he would have been there and. I'm sure obviously Albin would have had to move for a for a replacement keeper or whatever, but um it just shows I suppose it just shows the perilous position really, as if we need reminded of, of where Albin are in terms of bids and any late interest for any, you know, what we perceive to be a regular starter, key player, will be taken seriously. And it and isn't ideal, but you know, might have to be, you know, really seriously considered um as the situation is. But yeah, no, it's um, like you say, it's commendable. That he's taking that stance, given a bid was accepted. But um, but just on keepers, uh, a keeper who would have been Baggy's number one probably when Palmer was breaking through. Ben Foster's retired for a second time. Um, the ex Albion man um, was at Wrexham had a bit of a tough start to the season, as you would at the age of forty. Um, but I've just got a little stat for you. Ben Foster he retires from football, holding the record for the most Premier League saves. Well, the, sorry, the most saves in Premier League history, 1,248. And you'd be bet you'd, you'd bet that most of them were in an Albion, in an Albion jersey. Um, yeah, a few in Birmingham colours, a few in Watford colours, but uh, 
yeah, all the best to him in his retirement, although he'll be back to riding his bike and, and, and doing his podcast. I'm sure he'll be equally, equally as busy. Um, <laughs> right, elsewhere, transfer. Of course, we've seen a few transfer links earlier this week. Obviously, it's only on Monday, um, but sort of late over the weekend. I'll be in, in linked again with Jamie Patterson from Swansea. Now, this is a link that has been around in the past. There seem to be these players that I'll yeah. get continually linked with over a number of windows. Uh, Jamie Patterson being one of them. Uh, reading sort of down in the Swansea media that he's going to be allowed to to leave uh, the 31-year-old Swansea man that I've been interested in. And uh, Nesta Guinness-Walker from Reading is one that seems to have jumped up on the radar of some people um, left back from Reading. They're obviously probably a worse financial predicament than Albion are at the moment. Um, <laughs> they're giving it a good go, aren't they? Yeah, they're two positions really that Albion looking to target and, and are you surprised by them links? Uh, no, and um, no, not surprised, sorry. And and yes, regards positions for me and, and the positional profile, I suppose, point of view fits fits the bill. Um, Jamie Patterson's, yeah, you're right. It feels like you always see him and, and Albion's name together, don't you, even though he's, he's obviously never been around the Hawthorns, but Localish boy, isn't he? I think I read, did I read he was a Coventry boy, I think. And obviously a big, big background in the black country with Warsaw. Um, has he played for any other any other local sides off, off memory? No, a bit of Forest, obviously, after Warsaw. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, he's out of contract next year, isn't he? I think he's got a year left, I read. Um, but, uh, and, and Swansea have said he's, you know, free to, free to leave or, or whatever. Presumably one who attract a a bid. Um, I don't know what Swansea would value a player like that at, 31-year-old. Obviously, he's clearly out of their plans and clearly they want to move him on to, to look after the wage bill, you would presume. So I don't think you know it'd be a break-the-bank sort of approach or offer. But Albion aren't in the, this is it, the situation and position Albion are in. They're, they're not in you know the way it's painted to us by the head coach nonetheless when we when we ask about transfers they're not in a position where they can they can offer bids around you know throw these bids around really which is um you know not is not disappointing to hear but just a stark reality you know i'm sure fans won't be doing cartwheels to hear that but that's just the, the stark reality now again without knowing what swansea would command for a player like that 31 not in plans year left on his deal probably not much but still I do wonder how Albion would be looking to make that work in this current situation. Um, you know, is he, is he the sort of player you'd want to come in on a season-long loan? And then obviously he could be picked up for nothing next next summer. Um, maybe that will happen, but in my mind, that's not the kind of loans you want to sort of primarily be targeting. Um, but I've seen him play over the years. He's a talented player and I can... strikes me as a busy footballer who would get around the park um from that sort of attacking midfield role um which i mean we've spoke about john swift several times he is not that type is he not that style so i can see why corbin would be interested in that sort of profile player um but working that deal would you know, i'd be interested to see how that deal could could be worked um interested by the name of nesta guinness walker because i've sort of seen his career progress he was at um came through afc wimbledon before reading I, I believe, and I, I remember seeing his his early early games, and not necessarily his debut, but seeing that you know they were starting an eighteen year old at left back, I think it was. Um, now I wasn't surprised to see him get a good move like like Reading. I'm not sure if he went anywhere in between, but 
yeah, I could I could see him being an attractive proposition, Johnny. And and we've spoke before about that left sort of left back, left wing back, left centre half of a free um, position as one that Albion and Corbran wants to wants to add to, wants to strengthen, wants to, you know, if 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 indeed this Guinness Walker is is on Albion's list, uh, is being monitored, then I'd imagine he'll be a defender who's you know not scared of the ball. He's one who can look after it, and that fits from memory. I know from memory is a, is a good athlete, good good shape, good speed about him, that sort of stuff, and and still a young age. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that. I quite like that. I need to. I haven't had a chance yet to look at what his contract situation is down at Reading, albeit as you rightly say, um, Reading have, have got their own problems, haven't they? Um, so yeah, let, let's see on that one. I mean, whether it's one that Reading desperately have to get him out or they're keen to hold on to him. And if, if that's the case, again, how's a fee going to work? You know, big, big question marks, aren't they? And um, one of the answers to those question marks might be player sales, might be drumming up some fees by people going out the door. But obviously, if that's the case, then those need to happen. And they need to happen fairly sharpish, Johnny, because we're what? Under two weeks from the deadline now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Under two weeks. So. Um, yeah, two interesting names. Um, but again, let, let's let's see how Albion are going to be able to work this business. Because for, for me, um, we spoke about loans and free agents last week with Corbran, pre-leads, and, um, and and the loan market. He he made the loan market out to sound a bit easier at the moment than than going in and getting you know, getting free free agents who obviously you know you get your signing on fees and things like that, and in some cases big wages. Um, he sort of suggested that it's it's going to be tough and not and impossible to make those. And even when the window shut and you get to obviously the free agents who are without a club, um, he said that's that's you know Alvin are, are not in a position really with with the wage structure and, and whatnot where they can make those happen. So yeah yeah I would say eyes on the loans. So that will be interesting. Yeah, uh, keep an eye on those. Uh, keep an eye on those indeed. Right, time for an advert. As always, the Baggies Broadcast and our podcast here at theexpressandstart.com are sponsored by The Kettle and Toasterman, the place in the West Midlands to go for your graded products. They are graded product specialists. They've got so much stuff down there. This week, Coxie, I want to talk about blenders. Been looking at blenders this afternoon prior to the Baggies Broadcast recording. Um, yeah, a bit of method behind it. As Baggies fans might have seen on online, I'm running the London Marathon again next year. I'm going to be pounding the pavements of London. I say pounding, slugging my way around the pavements of London. So I'm trying to sort of get in shape, lose a bit of weight. Um, I'm thinking sort of smoothies. Blender could be the way forward to sort of shift a few pounds. Um, and if you, if I am going to get one, I'm going to be going straight to the kettle of toast to and get a three-in-one hand blender there. For just a salter, sorry, salter three. For just £20. Is it something you've got in the, the Cox household? Uh yes we do have one or two doesn't sound like it's moved, used very often from that no no voice. no no as as you know johnny I, i'm not a, a you know regular frequenter to the to the kitchen worktops but yeah no we we have a yeah every now and then a smoothie is 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 made from that that bit of fruit that you don't fancy uh, you don't fancy eating so yeah i might have a little look myself at that actually that's not a bad show at all. and perfect for the health kick actually smoothies are the way I know, yeah. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to get down. I might have to get down yeah, the cabin and toast to my PB, mate. When this, uh, uh, yeah. This well, forget forget myself a blender. Might have to just stay away from some of the air fryer stuff. But um, 
but yeah, the half-time, had... the half-time pies at the Hawthorns as well. Uh, it's hard, it's hard when they when they're as tasty as they are. When they're it as is. tasty as they are. But yeah, head down to the Cat and Toaster Man, your graded product specialist. Thorns Road and Bradley Hill, they've got so much there. They've got kitchen sets, kettles, toasters, microwaves, kitchen bins, hair care, large appliances, cookware, the air fryers, as we always say, even mobilities, mobility um, products as well, laundry, mixed food and processors, floor care, catering, cooling, heating, you name it, they've got it down there. I'm trying to, trying to rattle through all that, and that is a long tongue-twisting list. Um, but they've got all that down there, Thorns Road and Bradley Hill, or if you want to go online, do it from the comfort of your sofa, head to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Right, on to questions, Coxie. We've got a few questions in that we're going to rattle through before the end of the podcast, and I'm going to start with a big one for you with a big one on selection from Friday evening. And it concerns Connor Townsend, Eric Peters and Matt Phillips. It comes from Black Country Cad. Uh, what were your thoughts on dropping Townsend to have Peters and a Phillips combination? What benefits were there? That cost us the equaliser um, through a lack of tracking from Matt Phillips and a lack of height from Eric Peters, in my honest opinion. Um, I think everyone was pretty surprised when it came on the team sheet. Coxie, were you? Yeah, 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 it was, absolutely. But from my understanding was that Alvin had sort of looked at how Leeds have been so far, how Leeds will line up and actually targeted Ailing, which is heavily ironic, isn't it, speaking with, with hindsight, <laughs> the fact that he goes and gets the, you know, we, we all know Luke Ailing can attack, don't we? We've seen it how many times over the years. But Alvin obviously thought they could, they could make hay there. Um, and I would say, you know, as far as Phillips at left wing back goes, now I know, Ailing got past him and was able to get an equaliser, which, you know, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because I don't want to put all that on Phillips from left wing back because there's three three centre-halves behind him who, you know, might have got grips better with with Ailing. But from from Albion's perspective going forward, Phillips caused, caused all manner of problems. Remember first half, Johnny, um, was it first half? Yeah, first half in front of us, Phillips down our side, down that left, whipping in some outrageous crosses with his left foot um you know that again from from the top of the podcast that Albion were una- unable to take advantage of but he got the better of Ailing didn't he Phillips on on a good handful of occasions um didn't come off but worked from that attacking perspective but it was still a shock to see Townsend come out the side look he's I don't think he's pulled up any trees so far Townsend but he's had a solid enough start to the season um you know, someone who finished last season with the armband, wasn't he? So, yeah, a shock. Um, obviously, an offensive move, an attacking move that you could say is caught Albion cold. But, you know, you've got you've got Peters there who, who should be more alive to Ailing's run, shouldn't you? And then Kipper, obviously, sort of seemed to get in between the two. But I think I said from from Peters' perspective, when you've got someone like Ailing with a run on you and he's able to leap like that, it's, it's tricky. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe a, a portion of blame for all of them. But... It surprised me, but I think there were, you know, for what Albin expected from it to be able to make moves going forward, I think it worked to a point, just missing that that product at the end of it. Yeah. Hope that answers your uh, answers your question, Black Country Cat. Um, that one WBA fan, considering Leeds' form, was it a good? Was the point a good result, regardless of the history? Yeah, I think it was really good point. You know, given the performance, yeah. maybe you know, looking back and the the situation at the start of the game. Maybe Alvin, well, Alvin were going there targeting three points, but given how the game gone, I think it was a, I think it was a good point. Yeah. Um, 
Jess Aykroyd, not Albion related, but were you two watching the Women's World Cup? I certainly was, Jess. Yeah, certainly was gutted for the uh, the Lionesses. Probably didn't do enough to to win yesterday in the uh, in the World Cup final, but they've done fantastically well to get as far as they did. Um, hopefully, how good was Spain? How good was Spain? They were yes. good. They were good. Yeah, they deserved winners by a, by a mile, and that's it's a shame, as you say. And I think they've had a great tournament, and you know England were class, weren't they, in that semi final win, but. Spain, a remarkable story, really, with the, the upheaval with their head coach. Not quite sure what's gone on there over the years. But, um, yeah, 10 years ago, did nothing in women's football, did they? And have really come from nowhere to be be about as good as their men's team were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, deserve winners, to be fair. Yeah, did well. Hopefully we'll see a few baggies, baggies women in the, uh, in the England squad, hopefully, in a few years' time. Um, Matthew Botfield, um, do you think any West Brom player could score more than 10 goals this season? If yes, who? You can answer that one, Coxie. <laughs> um, I'd like to think Madger can and will. I think, yeah, that's what he's been brought in to do, realistically. Um, and I, well, I mentioned Thomas Asante in nine goals. I think he got nine in all comps last season, didn't he? And I'd, again, his challenge will be clearly to get to double figures to improve on that. So that's a big one for him. Um, now, if you're asking me any of the other Current crop will do that. I don't think so. Obviously, the album we're working to to add add a, to their attack between now and 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 the end of the window. Now, whether that's more of you know a number ten type player, as as we mentioned with Patterson, or a wide player, or or indeed they find scope for another striker. I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a fair bit of emphasis on Magic, isn't there? You have to say and. Um, and Thomas Santa as well, you know, we, we know what great things he brings with, with sort of overall all-round play, but obviously he needs to deliver for goals. Yeah. Alan Love. Hello, Johnny and Lewis. My question is simply Mauer. Now we have, now we know he played for an injury last season. Can we expect him to push for a start? It's an interesting one, Alan, really. I, I mentioned this in my bite-sized baggies roundup after the game on Friday. I've been surprised not to see him so far. Um, I think it's going to take an injury now for him to get a start, to be honest, Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He do, he doesn't seem to be, <laughs> which is a surprise, because in pre-season, he, he looked in favour, didn't he? He looked, he was one of the better performers across pre-season, I thought. So um, we'll have to see there what, what uh, it'd be a good one to get the thoughts of, of Corbyn, actually, at our next opportunity, um, because I thought we'd see him a bit more, I have to say. Um, I thought he was very much sort of third, you know, third in the pecking order be when when either of, you know, Malombi or Yukushli come off, but it hasn't been the case, has it? Not that we've seen much of Taylor Gardner Hickman either. Um, but you know, for Moa, Reed, Palmer, and most, if not all, of the members of the squad, you know, if a if an approach or bid comes, I'll be not consider it. And you know, if it's a reasonable fee, we'll we'll make it happen. Now, especially with someone like Moa who's not in the first team plans, you know, we I think I've said all summer, haven't I, when it comes to a Dean Garner or a Griffiths, you know, players who've been touted around and clubs are having a look. Garner hit many either to a to a you know sim, similar case. You know, these players who aren't in the first eleven plans as it stands. So if and when bids come, Albion can't afford to to say no, really. So um, I think the same goes for Moat. Yeah, Depends David and who who's sort of interested. Yeah, yeah, I've been surprised not to see him. To be honest, thanks yeah, for your question. Well, actually, yeah, I yeah. have, but um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he gets more uh, more game time as the season goes on. David DK, where's Wallace? 
But is it dipping? Is it a dip in form, or does the current system not just not suit him? Similar to Swift, they were allegedly linchpins for their old teams and had decent seasons last year, but not firing yet this term. Interesting. Talk about Wallet. We talked about unjust criticism of Wallace, but it is fair to say his, his form has dipped. Um, he was quite early again, wasn't he? Yeah. He um is that it? Yeah, the system thing is 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 interesting, Coxie. Um, he's not really playing to the way that Wallace excels. I don't. I mean, if we're speaking from a three-four-three perspective, he's obviously right of the front three with a right wing back, i.e. Furlong, um, just behind him. Now he'll know. You know, he knows Furlong well. They they played in front and behind each other all of last season, didn't they? So you know, would have have and would have that that sort of playing relationship. So I can't see quite how a three-four-three would stunt him. The only, it's it's at odds to the four two three one that was used for most of last season. Now, you know I'm not I don't, I don't have the tactical master insight of of a Carlos Corbran, but the the only difference I can see with those systems, obviously they both carry one striker, is, is that the the four two three one comes with a number ten. You know it was often Swift, wasn't it? Um, and perhaps another body or option in the box, in or around the edge of the box, who Wallace can sort of dip in and out, you know, give little give and goes and ones and twos and stuff like that. And where you've got the three, four, three, you know, you've got you've got your Kushler and Malumbi typically deeper, haven't you? And you know, one of them might be busting the gut to get forward. But perhaps perhaps it leaves Wallace with less to go with when he's sticking across in or whether he's looking for combinations, maybe. I'm just thinking out loud. I'd I'd perhaps it's just a form thing. You know, perhaps it's a bit of both. See what the head head coach again, and I want to see what the head coach thinks and makes of it. Swift's probably a different conversation, isn't it? But um, yeah, I, I mean Wallace hit the hit the woodwork, didn't he? Only a spectacular Melier save denied him a great great goal. Um, was it Phillips's cross or Thomas Asante's cross? I think that right at the start of the second half when it was at nil nil. Great little stabbed effort from Wallace, to be fair, and and was going in yeah. from what I could see live. So yeah, really unlucky there. It was a great little flicked effort. Um, but yeah, just. Just want him being as sort of dangerous and as much of a pres- provider as as he was last season. Not saying his assist numbers were great last last season, but sort of there seemed to be like a handful of of good deliveries each game, didn't they? We just just need that sort of productivity, I suppose. Yeah, thanks for your questions, Bags. There's a couple of others there, but we're relating to sort of systems and and Wallace. Do get back in touch next week with your burning questions. Coxie, just a, a quick one. Middlesbrough on the on Saturday, uh, they haven't had the best start to the season either. Uh, pretty rotten start, really. Um, would you just on a couple of points on that? Would you are you expecting a back three again? This is an area we've been, you know, sure of four, I think, didn't we? At Blackburn, and we've seen a three yeah. in the last two games. Is it somewhere you do you expect them to go with three again? You know, Middlesbrough have got threats. They've obviously lost their biggest threat in Tuba Akpom. Um, but would you expect a, a three again, Carlos, to just stick with what he's been going with? Yeah, I've had a rotten start, haven't they? Um, second bottom as we speak here and now after a point from three games. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see Albion perform how they did in the previous home game, actually. Um, Albeit have, you know, hopefully work to eradicate set-piece problems and and hopefully see something of a similar performance. You know, Swans are... so those are a decent outfit last season, aren't they? And and you'd imagine good again this season. But I, I thought for 60 minutes at home, 60, 65, 70 minutes, Albion made light work of them and, and you deserve, well deserved their lead. So if we, I, 
I think judging by Borough's start, and again, we'll have to see in depth why Borough struggled so much, you know. But I'd, if Alvin can sort of repeat most of that previous home game, I, I fancy them actually. And and yeah, let's be honest, the overall all round record under Corbrand's been simply excellent, hasn't it? So this should be really viewed as a game where they could could go and um, could go and win and increase increase this sort of fortress, this excellent home record. I, so yeah, I I think I think yes, regards the system. Though I do think again we've got the Sarmiento question, haven't we? And if he does start, as I as I think he will, who does he come in for? You know, is it Swift? Is it is it Wallops or Phillips? I'd oh, probably more likely Swift, isn't it? But um, again, can Wallace find some of his better form in in this system? I we'll have to see. Um, again, you'd imagine the midfield to be similar, wouldn't you? Although. You know, you you crushedly struggled, didn't he? Big time at Ellen Road, and uh, and Corbyn took him off. Improved in the second half, but even so, so that'll be interesting. One midfield, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I think, I think just to perk things up and give give the fans something to really sort of get behind, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Sarmiento from the off. And and you'd guess, I mean, like if Wallops and Phillips play, which we'd assume they have to, unless Phillips stays at wing back. Does Sarmiento have to have the ten? No, I'm, well, in 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 a three four three, there there is no position of the ten, is there? So, so it's an interesting one, you know. Do you keep Phillips as a left wing back, keep Townsend out, and get Sarmiento flying down the left? Remains to be seen. Maybe his involvement, inclusion, or see a see a four two three one or something. We'll have to see. Options, I suppose, at least. Very much so. Very much so. Will Saturday be the day we see Jeremy Sarmiento from the start? We will have to wait and see, Coxie. You got double pies on Saturday. I'm not there. I'm off. I'm off this weekend oh. on a bit of annual leave, so you can have my halftime pie. Uh, try. You can try and swing my. You can try and swing my pre-match meal as well, but I don't know how that'll go down. Well, I mean, the Saturday pressure. is um, Saturday is two weeks before my wedding, so I don't think two halftime pies will do much for me squeezing. Ah, uh, get get that get that smoothie maker fired up, or get onto kettle and toaster <laughs> man. You'll get you a fresh one. Yeah, Drop a couple of pounds before the before the big day. Um, but there we go. Not the not the best start in the world. Not the worst either. Um, three league games in, um, and there's been some positives, some things to work on, as Carlos Corbran has said. But some signs, you know, there's a little bit of people are worried. But let's get to the end of the window. Hopefully, get a few more in, and then we can can really see what Albion are looking like. Thank you very much for listening again to the Baggies broadcast. We'll be back next week. The Baggies broadcast fan chat show will be back next week as well. If you want to get involved, give us a shout on social media, Johnny Drury underscore star, and I'll get back to you. Uh, we'll be back probably midweek next week. So until then, from me and from Coxley on the Baggies broadcast, boing, boing. Boing, boing. Boing, boing.